1: What up, everybody? This is Rob Brandt. And
0: this is Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt.
1: Welcome back. Episode 58, Philly Philly, Super Bowl 52 champs. In this episode, we're going to be going through uh, the, the, the frenzy that happened in Philadelphia uh, during, during 2017 season into the 2018 Super Bowl run super fitting we got the divisional rounds going on today and uh you know we're going to watch an awesome super bowl in the next couple weeks but uh but we want to get to this episode 58 57 was awesome shout out to alex miniak for coming on the voice of the san diego padres the voice of the mlb mlb the show video game thank you so much rick i'm excited to be here how you doing buddy (laughs)
0: <laughs> doing well thanks for having me on today robbie boy and uh as you well, said, you're, on,
1: you're, you're on every week you're on every week whether i like it or not rick you're on this shit
0: yeah but you send the link so sometimes if you decided to want to like just not include me you don't have you don't send me the link and then i can't get on so uh There's, there oh, have
1: been multiple times that i've said fuck it i'm giving yeah. them the wrong link i'm running solo
0: and you know what? That's been a terrible decision because I am the meat and potatoes, the cream of the crop of this podcast. And without me, it goes nowhere.
1: <laughs> you know, you know, your your knowledge is is absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm just holding on for dear life over here. Just that holding means- on. Just holding on, baby.
0: Hold on to that cape, Rob. We got a long ways to go.
1: All right, now, all right, all right. Listen, this all right, Batman. All right, Batman.
0: Rob, you talked about it. We're going to go back and relive a memorable experience that you and your wife had a few years ago when your guys' Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl for the first time in franchise history. It was an unlikely story, uh, an unforgettable fairy tale, and uh, I can't wait to chop it up with you in this podcast episode on what that memory and season was like because just a few weeks from now, as you said, there'll be a new Super Bowl champion crowned, and uh, there'll be fans out there in some city enjoying it, hopefully close to as much fun as you guys had.
1: I mean, that party on Broad Street is one of the top five memories of my life. It was absolutely wild, tied it into our wedding. We'll get into that anyway. Um, yeah, let's let's start let's paint the picture for these, uh, these people and then we'll just hammer, hammer it through with Q&A and, and get this going, baby. It was the, the summer of 2017. Uh, my wife, Shelby, at the time, Wild Gus, uh, moved to the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. And um, I was living on the Jersey Shore, but coming to Philly all the time to see Shelby and going out and all that stuff. And, and it started w- with her, it was a spark. She moved to the city. She moved to Philly. She's from the outskirts of Philly. She was never a true Eagles fan. Like she was a fair weather fan. But that August, September, before the season kicked off, she said, I am going to be a diehard Eagles fan. I am going to add every player on my Instagram account. I'm going to follow every player. I'm going to get to know every player and their wives and all that stuff and follow along as this journey, journey unravels. And what a year to pick to be like that true fan. Like she was always an Eagles fan, but she's like, I am committed drawing the line in the sand. And I kind of, I kind of gravitated. I was like, you know what? Like Jersey's a little divided. You know, you got the giants, you got the jets. I was like, you know, had a little soft spot in my heart for that, uh, that, uh, that gritty city that we know as Philadelphia. And, um, and yeah, so she, she was loving it. So I would go out to the bars with her. We'd go and watch the Eagles games uh you know cheer him on and it was just an absolute magical season and 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 you know that year with Carson Wentz Doug Peterson uh the season ended up being 13 and 3 regular season at one point the Eagles were were 10 and one 10 and one this city did not know what to do itself with itself um I, I will go on the record and say Philadelphia is the reason why Um, you know, nice things don't exist. Like, like we trash things. It's the fans, the fan base is absolutely brutal. They are, uh, you know, polarizing and, uh, and it is, it is terrible. I would say Rick and I have been to all these different games uh, throughout our lifetime. And I would say it's an 80, 20 rule across the board. 80% of fans are phenomenal, great fans. And then you got that 20% rough and rowdy section um, you know, where you're like, I kind of don't know them. I kind of don't want to know them. With Philly, I will go on the record and say it is completely flip-flopped. You got the 20% good fans, nice, respectable. Hey, let me buy you a beer. And then you got the 80% that's get that F out of my face. If you're wearing a different, different color than Kelly Green, get out of town. Get out of Dodge because we're going to let you have it. We're going we're gonna to rip into you, and, 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 and you're going to leave with some bumps and bruises, um, so uh, very interesting dynamic, but what a season! Uh, as as it went from ten and one to, to eventually thirteen and three, but it was just madness. Philly did not know what to do with itself. They haven't won a championship since 1960, and it wasn't even a Super Bowl. It was the uh, it was the uh, football, national football championship. It wasn't even done the Super Bowl yet. Um, so they they've been deprived of of championships and glory for. For 50, 52 years, 51 years. And, uh, and, and they were just ready, rough and tumble excitement. Um, I was loving it. I was jumping on the bandwagon. And, um, you know, 13 and three season, but there, it wasn't all, it wasn't all great, Rick. It wasn't all great. Rick, what happened in, in week, week 14?
0: Well, in week 14, unfortunately, Carson Wentz, who was on this MVP-type season, got injured. They were playing out in Los Angeles against the Rams. I can still picture the play. He was running the ball, and he took a little shot near the goal line, trying to score a touchdown. And he ended up uh, going out that game and never returned. He uh, Carson Wentz was gone for the rest of the season, and that – at that point, created so much uncertainty and question marks. And lo and behold, the backup, Nick Foles, was thrusted in as quarterback to finish out this regular season and then try to guide them along this playoff journey. So, Rob, it was a unique dynamic where you had this dominant quarterback sidelined as uh, the season was starting to come to a close and you needed to rely on your backup. It actually reminded me a little bit Back in 2000, when Drew Bledsoe was quarterback of the New England Patriots, the team was playing well, doing great, on the road to the playoffs. And Tom Brady stepped in to fill Drew Bledsoe's shoes when Drew Bledsoe got hurt towards the end of the regular season. And they later went on to win the Super Bowl that year. So um, 20 years later or so, this was the Philadelphia's predicament, and it ended up being a fairy tale ending.
1: Absolutely. And I'm going to step in here. Um, You know, at week 14, uh, Wentz amazing game against the Rams, an absolute shootout in the Coliseum in LA devastating injury and the whole city, the whole city of Philadelphia was in shock. You know, at this point, I think we're 12 and 12 and two. um, And it's like, you know, you know, maybe 11 and two. And it's like, wow, like what's going to happen. And Nick Foles steps in, like you said, Rick. And are we comparing Nick Foles to the legendary goat Tom Brady? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You are crazy if we're thinking about that. It just kind of had that feel to it for that one year, for those for those next five or six games going on. And uh, you know, this is a we have we have children that listen to this, but you know, I have to let you know the name. Uh, you know, he stepped in. One week 15 against the Giants in a, in a, in a battle and clinched the division and they, they, uh, they, they clinched the divisional round so they didn't have to play in the wild card. They already got a first round by and, uh, you know, uh, earmuffs for the kids out there. But that's when he got donned the nickname Big Dick Nick and everybody in Philly was loving it. I mean, you would go to a bar and that would be a chant that you would just hear nonstop. It was just rowdy, rowdy, rowdy in these bars. Um, you know, bud lights were flowing. And that chant was just going all day, every day during, during this streak. Um, and, uh, you know, week 17, lost to the Cowboys, but doesn't matter. Uh, you know, didn't really matter. They already clinched the division, resting all their players. In fact, my wife, Shelby, and I, and uh, shout out to Clark Mangini. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a Navy SEAL Clark Mangini, so God bless Uh, the USA and uh, at that time we went to the Cowboys game absolute terrible game do not recommend going to a week 17 game most of the starters are sitting and after the first half and uh and and it was freezing it was about 10 degrees we literally cracked open beers and the beer on the top of the lid was uh was freezing it was actually starting to turn into a slushy um and we got out of there at, at at halftime one of the first times ever I left the game early But uh, anyway, we wanted to be committed to that season. We went to a couple of games early on. And then first week by um, the next week, the divisional round. Rick, we're going to talk about the Falcons game. And I want you to chirp in here because you have a lot to say, too. You were a part of it. God bless Rick Brandt. Uh, You know, he was able to score some amazing tickets for myself. Him and Shelby uh, sit in 20 rows back on the goal line. And, uh, and then we're also gonna talk about the Saints and uh, the Vikings because that, that, that game was absolutely absurd. So Rick, without further ado, talk, walk us through the Falcons game.
0: Well, listen, uh, I call it the battle of the birds. You had the Atlanta Falcons coming up to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles in the divisional round of the playoffs. It was certainly a contested game back and forth, uh, trading scores. Falcons had a lot of great players on their team. Matt Ryan, the quarterback, Julio Jones, the wide receiver. And you're right. I was able to score some tickets. We ended up enjoying the atmosphere, playoff football. There's, you know, a few things like it. And um, we were all packed in like sardines, staying warm, bundled up, drinking hot chocolates. And Rob, the game actually came down to the end on the final play. I know you recall this for all our listeners out there. We were sitting on the goal line. And the Falcons were driving. They needed to score a touchdown. And uh, on fourth down with just seconds left, they threw for the end zone. I believe it was intended for Julio Jones. The pass fell incomplete. And we were just, uh, you know, right there to observe it all in person. And the stadium erupted. And it was on to the conference championship next
1: week. Yeah, crazy ending. The, The Eagles ended up winning 15 to 10. So if Julio Jones caught that ball, game over, like don't even need to kick the extra point game over. And Julio Jones is, is arguably, you know, top three, maybe the number one wide receiver in the league. Like that year, I think he probably was the number one wide receiver in the league. So nine times out of 10, he's making that catch, just went right through his hands. You can YouTube it. And uh, Rick and I and Shelby were, we sitting right on the goal line. It was, we were, everybody was like, you know, standing up. Like it was like time froze. that play happened and when when the ball hit the ground the place erupted and just knew we were punching the ticket to the um the um uh, nfc championship game and you know rick uh have to plug it we've been going to these sporting events for years we've mastered the craft of getting on the field lincoln financial is one of the easiest places ever to get onto the field if you want to get a picture before the game you got to show up early we did the same thing. We showed up early, showed up super early, got in two hours before the game started. And we started, we, we, we had great seats. So we were sitting 20, 20 rows back. So we got there. And, uh, you know, as people come up from the field, uh, you can just ask them for their wristbands. They have these little wristbands that they pass back. So we snagged some wristbands, got on the field, got some pictures, uh, truly a memory that uh, Shelby and I cherish. So thank you. Thank you so much, Rick, for playing a part in there and getting us the tickets for those for those games now i want to turn it over because that ending was wild and we were there um on the flip side it was even crazier so you have the new orleans saints playing the minnesota vikings at home the minnesota vikings at home and the uh the winner of this game is going to play the eagles and when you watch the game the 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 Saints go the, the, the Vikings go up 21, 23 with 45 seconds left, but you have Drew Brees on the other side. You got Alvin Kamara. You got Michael Thomas. They charge down the field in 20 seconds and kick what they thought was going to be the game winning field goal with a 20, 20 ish seconds left. They thought, it was going to be the game-winning field goal. 24-23, the Saints are winning with 20-something seconds left. Alvin Kamara, if you watch the YouTube, he's chirping on the sidelines saying it's over, it's over. And they kick the ball off. The Vikings get it. Case Keenum, Stefan Diggs, the Minneapolis miracle. Case drops back, throws an out route to Stefan Diggs about 30 yards up the field. And they would have, if he caught it and went out of bounds, you know, they would have had a couple of seconds left. If he landed in bounds, there's no way they would have got up and been able to spike the ball in time. It would have been over. The safety misses the tackle and Stephon Diggs turns up field and scores a touchdown with no time remaining. And the Vikings end up going to win the game. And it's the Minneapolis miracle. And at that point, all hell breaks loose in Minneapolis. They're freaking out and they're excited to play in the NFC championship game against the Eagles. Rick, talk to us about the, the Eagles and Vikings NFC championship game at the link. What up everybody. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the show, guys.
0: Rob, you get a quick sip of your beer and get ready to go back at it once more because there's not much to talk about in the NFC Championship game. The Eagles routed the Vikings. It was a no contest type matchup blowout and the Eagles were on their way to Super Bowl 52 to take on Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where the Vikings were trying to become the first team ever to play a home Super Bowl in their home stadium. But let's dig into a little bit of these Super Bowl details, Rob, some memories. And then of course, we got to wrap this thing up with uh,
1: some excitement there back in Philly. Oh, 100%. And fun fact, you know, the Bucs are playing today. If they beat the Saints and go on to win again, they could be playing in Tampa Bay the first time ever a team will host the Super Bowl. Pretty fun fact right there. Um, So Vikings get routed. Eagles fans are just turning up. The city is going bonkers, punching the ticket to the Super Bowl. They have to face the Patriots. They have to face Tom Brady, Gronk, Belichick, the mighty New England Patriots but the city is alive. And what's really funny is they, they went 13 and three, but they were known as the underdogs. And, and um, Jason Kelsey and Zach Ertz and all these players donned these, these dog masks. They actually bought dog masks on Amazon and, and they just called themselves the underdogs because they were treated as the underdogs even though they were hosting the Falcons and they were hosting the Vikings and then they're going to play the Patriots. They were known as the underdogs. So it was just this like feeling of underdog camaraderie. I mean, this city, Philly as a city, loves underdogs. Just look at Rocky. They, they, they made a statue of a, of, a, of a fictional character at the art museum steps because it embraces that grittiness and underdog mentality. So the, the city's alive. Shelby and I lived on South Street in Philadelphia, which is always turning up on a Friday, Saturday night. There was this painting, Rick. And some fans are like, all right, where's he going with this story? There was this painting. Uh, Cities known as having their, or, sorry, Philly is known as a city that's ha- that has murals all throughout the city. Lots of artists live in Philly. So they paint these awesome murals on the sides of buildings and there's like hundreds throughout the city it's kind of cool and on this one wall by our place they they made it called they made a painting called bird feed and it was a um you know a heroic looking eagle and it actually had it in its talons tom brady dangling and it was called bird feed and like it just became so popular Um, All the newspapers wrote about it. Everybody wrote about it. It it was just great. People were taking pictures by it the whole time. So for that two-week window where you have off from the games and leading up to the Super Bowl, people were getting pumped. Um, We didn't go to the Vikings game. We actually watched it at this bar called the Fox and Hound. And that's where we said, Shelby, Shelby, me and a couple of friends, Amanda and Avery, were like, we're coming back here and we're watching the Super Bowl here at the fox and hound and the fox and hound is like you know a massive it's like buffalo wild wings it's like buffalo wild wings in philadelphia and right in the heart of the city uh, i think it's on like chestnut and like 16th or something like that and right by broad street and we're like we're coming back here we're gonna watch the super bowl here and they don't take reservations they know it's gonna get packed the super bowl on sunday starts at what six o'clock rick 6 30 every year starts at 6 30 every year on a sunday and i was like i was like i don't i don't know how this is going to work out i don't know how this is going to work because this is, this is going to get sold out this is like b-dubs over here and we showed up at the fox and hound the fox and hound did not open until i think 11 o'clock we showed up at eight o'clock in the morning to get to the fox and hound and wait in line to watch the, to get a seat and get a table And when we showed up at eight o'clock in the morning, we were literally like a hundred people deep. There were people there at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., just waiting in line, making sure they got the best table possible. So we're in this line, hours go by we, we had to wait three hours just to get let in just to get some beers and some drinks and we get let in and as we get let in the tables are filling up i'm doing the mental math i'm like okay looking ahead i see there's four people okay there's a four top over there they're going to get seated there okay three people they're going to go over there some people are going to go to the bar i'm counting down the tables we're looking in because it's got the a wall wall ceiling the floor wall to wall windows and i'm like okay okay there's only a couple of tables left boom Shelby, myself, Amanda, and Avery grabbed the only four top that's left. We were one of the last people to grab the four top. And the reason why that's so important is because it was 11 a.m. We had to wait seven and a half hours for the game to start. (laughs) So we wanted to make sure we were sitting. We had a spot to get beers. We had a spot to get drinks. And we brought card games. So we were staking out these spots. And lo and behold, we actually became the fan favorites and with with everybody in the bar. And the reason why I bring this up is because Philly's ruthless. The fans are brutal. However, the table that we ended up being seated at had outlets right underneath it. Seven hours to the game. Who's looking for outlets? Everybody's looking for outlets. Everybody comes up to our four top. It's me and three beautiful girls. And they're just like, hey, can we borrow your outlets? Can we charge our phones? So we were the charging station for super bowl 52 everybody loved us everybody was buying us beers buying us food they're like yeah i'll buy you some wings let me just charge my phone i'm like all right cool sounds good so we were getting fed it was fantastic and one brilliant person left and went to the cvs across the street and came back and he whipped out of his jacket a power strip. (laughs) He's like, I just bought this at the CVS. So we plugged in the power strip. We had eight cell phones charging on the table (laughs) for this game. So it was a lot of fun leading up to it. Um, You know, Rick, talk to us about the game, you know, 630 comes, talk to us about the game.
0: Well, that sounds terrific. I can't envision how spectacular that was, but uh, hearing it firsthand from you, it sounds like it was a wonderful, wonderful day at the Fox and Hound. The game itself kicked off around 6.30. The excitement, like always, is just through the roof. Super Bowl Sunday. The anticipation is building and building. Uh, Interesting that the Super Bowl was being played in Minneapolis. Uh, Typically, it's at a warmer climate type city, uh, but it was freezing. It was like two degrees in Minnesota that weekend. So there was little activity actually going on around the stadium. It was in the stadium. People said uh, that, All the fans were, as soon as the gates could open up, immediately in the stadium. So similar to a shoulder-to-shoulder crowd that you guys experienced that morning and afternoon, uh, the fans didn't waste any time getting into the stadiums because it was so cold outside. Uh, The stadium was packed. Justin Timberlake was ready to perform his halftime show, and uh, it was a great first half. It was most memorable uh, towards the end of the second half, the play that'll live in football history and Philadelphia fandom forever is the Philly Philly special. And uh, it was just amazing. The play itself and uh, the, the the gumption to call it in such a impactful scenario on the goal line, fourth down, time winding down in the first half. And uh, for those that didn't see it or don't remember what it was, but uh, essentially you had uh, Nick Foles running out into the flat area and catching a pass for a touchdown, which is super rare for a quarterback to be on the recipient end of a touchdown pass. But it was a gutsy call by Doug Peterson at the time. And uh, they ended up putting a statue out in front of the Philadelphia Eagles stadium back in Philly uh, to commemorate that moment. And the game itself was a great game. It was um, you know, a decent scoring game. They were uh, going back and forth. It wasn't a um, you know, shootout. It also wasn't a blowout. It was just a great, great game. And ended up towards the end of the game with the Eagles having the lead. Tom Brady went for one more Hail Mary heroic. Uh, Fortunately fell short for a lot of New England Northeasterns. However, the Philly fans erupted when that Hail Mary sailed through Rob Gronkowski's hands in the end zone. And at that moment, the Eagles were declared world champions. The confetti fell. The Super Bowl trophy was hoisted, and Rob, you barely survived that night in Philly. No. Tell the listeners no. exactly how it went down.
1: Now I'm gonna rewind, uh, you know, a couple paragraphs there just because I want to give some insight to what was going on during the Philly special on the last play. You know, painting the picture here: Eagles up, um, you know, Eagles up, 15 to 12, 38 seconds left fourth and goal from the one yard line going into halftime. And I believe they got the ball at halftime. And it's like any, any coach would be like, take the points, get the three points, get the ball at halftime. But Dougie P was like, absolutely not. We're playing Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. They're going to run up the points. We need points now. And that play was so amazing. I, re- I remember it so well. Mickey Foles back there goes over to the, so I think the right tackle, the right guard, taps him on the butt, pretends like he's calling the change of plays, snaps it to Corey Clement. Corey Clement with the lateral to Trey Burden coming around the end around. Trey Burden, former quarterback in high school, throws the pigskin to Nikki Foles, making a nice two-handed W catch in the end zone. And the fox and hound just went off. You would have thought we won it then and there bottles were spraying people were so excited I was doused in 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 bud light um and you know 22 12 at halftime and uh fast forward to that play Rick uh you know I was sitting on pins and needles everybody's getting rowdy at the bar everyone's getting rowdy but I know Tom Brady I know Gronk I know what they're capable of I know what Bill Belichick's capable of I've been watching football for the past decade Tom Brady throws that ball drops Gronk can't make the catch on the goal line. He would have made the catch. If he made the catch, he would have fell into the end zone and it would have been a touchdown. They still would have had to gone for two, but you know, you can never count them out. But it, when it hit the floor, I mean, I was grabbing bottles. Everybody had bottles. We had bottles in our hands, ready to go. The Bud light was like champagne just being tossed everywhere. I was pouring beer. People were just whipping cans all over the place. Again, Philly, they're the reason we don't have nice things. Philadelphia fans are the reason we don't have nice things. Bottles, I think, were just smashing up against the wall. It was pure madness. I have my wife over here, and straight up tears. Like she, her eyes can't even open because of how much she's crying. Everybody's freaking out, hugging, cheering, um, and it is just madness. Um, you know, I think everybody's still trying to understand what's happening. That we're Super Bowl champs. And, um, and then a couple of minutes pass, everyone realized this. And, and, and what do we do? We storm Broad Street. We storm Broad Street. And like, 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 like fish just being let out of a net, just coming out of Fox and Hound every way, like stampede. It's like a, it's like when the cops get called at a high school party. And, and 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 you're just scurrying out the front door, just going everywhere. People didn't know what to do with themselves. Everybody was walking out with beers. Like I, I had two beers in my hand, and I looked straight at a cop, and I said, "Super Bowl champs!" And he goes, "Super Bowl champs!" And that was it. The police were phenomenal. They were outstanding. They knew that it was crowd control. Make sure. Everybody gets home safe. Make sure nobody does anything stupid. Obviously, stupid stuff was being hap- was happening for some reason in Philly. Um, fans like to climb the light posts. So what the cops did prior to that was actually put Crisco. On the light post, so people couldn't climb the light post to to get on top of the lights to start cheering and hurt themselves. So, actually, it was covered in Crisco, so no one could get a firm grip on the light post. <laughs> but it was just madness. It was like the Macy's Day Parade coming down uh, Broad Street in Manhattan, but coming down Broad Street in Philadelphia. And just, uh, you know, it, it was just insane. Packed. Everybody was packed. I, I remember. Like just seeing people openly with bottles of tequila in the street, just ripping shots of tequila in the street, just anything, anything went that day, anything went, just don't, just don't loot. Don't, don't kill anybody. Just have a good time. You want to drink, you want to smoke, you want to do whatever all, all fine. Just don't get too, too crazy. And obviously, you know, Philly got crazy. Cars were flipped. You know, there's a famous uh, person eating horse poop, um, which is disgusting. I have no idea, but that went viral. Um, Yeah, Philadelphia fans, uh, the reason why we don't have nice things. But at the same time, an absolute madness celebration. Fireworks were being lit off um, at City Hall. So you had the green and white fireworks just going off. Um, The the game ended roughly around 11 o'clock, 1130 on a Sunday. And the partying did not stop until maybe two o'clock the next day afternoon. Like people were just going nuts. People were going nuts. We shut it down around four or 5 a.m. But it was to this day, one of the craziest nights of my life um, and my wife's life. And uh, just to put a bow on it, I know we were talking craziness right here, but my wife and I got married uh, 2019. Rick, obviously best man, absolutely smashed the best man talk. You know, phenomenal job. Um, but we, uh, we got married at a location right next to broad street. So we got our picture on broad street. I engaged, I, I, I proposed to my wife on broad street, and then we did an after party at the Fox and hound. And then, uh, my wedding was, was on broad street too. It was at a, our wedding was at a, at a, um, a place right next to it called the arts ballroom. Fantastic venue. The food was to die for, but, uh, that that's, that's our memory of Eagles, Super Bowl champs, um, 52, Philly, Philly, the Philly special, uh, and and Philadelphia just, you know, wouldn't be Philly if they didn't create another statue for Nick Foles and Dougie P outside the stadium called the Philly special. So unbelievable, still gives me chills.
0: As it should, Rob, that's a memory that'll last a lifetime and uh, so cool you guys got to enjoy it together and uh, unfortunately there won't be that type of probably similar celebration going on this year because of COVID, Uh, but uh, I'm sure cities around the country will embrace and enjoy whatever team wins this year's Super Bowl. You guys did it better than anybody, and uh, just kudos to the two of you. I'm Rick Brandt,
1: and I'm Rob Brandt. Thanks for listening to the Brothers Brandt Podcast.